Section 22 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Observation 17. A Petrified Wood and Other Petrified Body. Of this sort of substance, I observed several pieces of very differing kinds, both for their outward shape, color, grain, texture, hardness, etc., some being brown and reddish, others gray, like a hone, others black and flint-like, some soft like a slate or whetstone, others as hard as a flint and as brittle. That which I more particular examined was a piece about the bigness of a man's hand, which seemed to have been a part of some large tree that by rottenness had been broken off from it before it began to be petrified and indeed all that i have yet seen seemed to have been rotten wood before the petrification was begun and not long since examining and viewing a huge great oak that seemed with mere age to be rotten as it stood i was very much confirmed in this opinion for i found that the grain color and shape of the wood was exactly like this petrified substance and with a microscope I found that all those microscopical pores which in sappy or firm and sound wood are filled with the natural or innate juices of those vegetables, in this they were all empty, like those of vegetables charred, but with this difference, that they seemed much larger than I have seen in any charcoals, nay, even than those of coals made of great blocks of timber, which are commonly called old coals. The reason of which difference may probably be that the charring of vegetables being an operation quickly performed, and whilst the wood is sappy, the more solid parts may more easily shrink together and contract the pores or interstitia between them, than in rotten wood where that natural juice seems only to be washed away by adventitious or unnatural moisture. And so, though the material may be wasted from beneath the firm parts, yet those parts are kept asunder by adventitious moistures and so by degrees settled in those postures and this i likewise found in the petrified wood that the pores were somewhat bigger than those of charcoal each pore being near up a half as big again but they did not bear the disproportion which is expressed in the tenth scheme between the small specks or pores in the first figure which representeth the pores of coal or wood charred and the black spots of the second figure which represent like microscopical pores in the petrified wood for these last were drawn by a microscope that magnified the object over six times more in diameter than the microscope by which those pores of coal were observed now though they were a little bigger yet did they keep the exact figure and order of pores of coals and of rotten wood which last also were much of the same size the other observations on this petrified substance that a while since by the appointment of the royal society i made and presented to them an account of were these that follow which had the honour done them by the most accomplished mr evelyn my highly honoured friend to be inserted and published among those excellent observations wherewith his silva is replenished and would therefore have been here omitted had not the figure of them as they appeared through the microscope been before that engraven this petrified substance resembled wood in that first all the parts of it seemed not at all dislocated or altered from their natural position whilst they were wood but the whole piece retained the exact shape of wood having many of the conspicuous pores of wood still remaining pores 
and showing a manifest difference visible enough between the grain of the wood and that of the bark especially when any side of it was cut smooth and polite for then it appeared to have a very lovely grain like that of some curious close wood next it resembled wood in that all the smaller and if i may so call those which are only visible with a good magnifying glass microscopical pores of it appear both when the substance is cut and polished transversely and parallel to the pores of it perfectly like the microscopical pores of several kinds of wood especially like and equal to those of several sorts of rotten wood which i have since observed retaining both the shape position and magnitude of such pores it was differing from wood first in weight being to common water as three and a quarter to one whereas there are few of our english woods that when very dry are found to be full as heavy as water second in hardness being very near as hard as flint and in some places of it also resembling the grain of a flint and like it would very readily cut glass and would not without difficulty especially in some parts of it be scratched by a black hard flint it would also as readily strike fire against a steel or against a flint as any common flint thirdly in the closeness of it for though all the microscopical pores of this petrified substance were very conspicuous in one position yet by altering that position of the polished surface to the light it was also manifest that those pores appeared darker than the rest of the body only because they were filled up with a more dusky substance and not because they were hollow fourthly in its incombustibleness in that it would not burn in the fire nay though i kept it a good while red-hot in the flame of a lamp made very intense by the blast of a small pipe and a large charcoal yet it seemed not at all to have diminished its extension but only i found it to have changed its color and to appear of a more dark and dusky brown color nor could i perceive that those parts which seemed to have been wood at first were anything wasted but the parts appeared as solid and close as before it was further observed also that as it did not consume like wood so neither did it crack and fly like a flint or such like hard stone nor was it long before it appeared red-hot fifthly its dissolubleness for putting some drops of distilled vinegar upon the stone i found it presently to yield very many bubbles just like those which may be observed in spirit of vinegar when it corrodes corals though perhaps many of those small bubbles might proceed from some small parcels of air which were driven out of the pores of this petrified substance by the insinuating liquid menstruum sixthly in its rigidness and friability being not at all flexible but brittle like a flint insomuch that i could with one knock of a hammer break off a piece of it and with a few more reduce it into a pretty fine powder seventhly it seemed also very differing from wood to the touch feeling more cold than wood usually does and much like other close stones and minerals the reasons of all which phenomena seem to be that petrified wood having lain in some place where it was well soaked with petrifying water that is such a water as is well impregnated with stony and earthy particles did by degrees separate either by straining and filtration or perhaps by precipitation cohesion and coagulation abundance of stony particles from the permeating water which stony particles being by means of the fluid vehicle conveyed not only into the microscopical pores and so perfectly stopping them but also into the pores or interstitia 
by which may perhaps be even in the texture or schematisme of that part of the wood which through the microscope appears most solid do thereby so augment the weight of the wood as to make it above three times heavier than water and perhaps six times as heavy as it was when wood next they thereby so lock up and fetter the parts of the wood that the fire cannot easily make them fly away but the action of the fire upon them is only able to char those parts as it were like a piece of wood if it be closed very fast up in clay and kept a good while red hot in the fire will by the heat of the fire be charred and not consumed which may perhaps also be somewhat of the cause why the petrified substance appeared of a dark brown color after it had been burnt by this intrusion of the petrifying particles this substance also becomes hard and friable and in the smaller pores of the wood being perfectly wedged and stuffed up with those stony particles the small parts of the wood have no place or pores into which they may slide upon bending and consequently little or no flexion or yielding at all can be caused in such a substance the remaining particles likewise of the wood among the stony particles may keep them from cracking and flying when put into the fire as they are very apt to do in a flint nor is wood the only substance that may by this kind of transmutation be changed into stone for i myself have seen and examined it very many kinds of substances and among very credible authors we may meet with histories of such metamorphoses wrought almost on all kinds of substances both vegetable and animal which histories it is not my business at present either to relate or epitomize but only to set down some observation i had lately made on several kind of petrified shell found about kenshan which lies within four or five miles of bristol which are commonly called serpentine stones examining several of these very curiously figured bodies which are commonly thought to be stones formed by some extraordinary plastic virtue latent in the earth itself i took notice of these particulars first that these figured bodies or stones were of very differing substances as to hardness some of clay some of marl some of soft stone almost all of the hardness of those soft stones which masons call firestone others as hard as portland stone others as hard as marble and some as hard as flint or crystal next they were of very differing substances as to transparency and color some white some almost black some metalline or like marcasites some transparent like white marble others like flawed crystal some gray some diverse colors some radiated like those long petrified drops which are commonly found at the peak and in other subterraneous caverns which have a kind of pith in the middle thirdly that they were very different as to the manner of their outward figuration for some of them seemed to have been the substance that had filled the shell of some kind of shellfish others to have been the substance that had contained or enwrapped one of those shells on both which the perfect impression either of the inside or outside of such shells seems to be left but for the most part those impressions seem to be made by an imperfect or broken shell the great end or mouth of the shell being always wanting and oftentimes the little end and sometimes half and in some there were impressions just as if they had been holes broken in the figurating imprinting or moulding shell some of them seemed to be made by such a shell very much bruised or flawed insomuch that one would verily have thought that very figured stone had been broken or bruised whilst the jelly were twere and so hardened but within the grain of the stone there appeared not the least sign of any such bruise or breaking but only on the very uttermost superficies 
Fourthly, they were very different as to their outward covering, some having the perfect shell both in figure, color, and substance sticking on upon its surface and adhering to it, but might very easily be separated from it, and like other common cockle or scallop shells, which some of them most accurately resembled, were very dissoluble in common vinegar. Others of them, especially those serpentine or helical stones, were covered or retained the shining or pearl-colored substance of the inside of a shell, which substance on some parts of them was exceeding thin, and might very easily be rubbed off. On other parts was pretty thick, and retained a white coat, or flaky substance on top, just like the outside of such shells. Some of them had very large pieces of the shell, very plainly sticking onto them, which were easily to be broken or flaked off by degrees. They likewise, some of them, retained all along the surface of them, very pretty kind of sutures, such as are observed in the skulls of several kinds of living creatures, which sutures were most curiously shaped in the manner of leaves, and every one of them in the same shell, exactly like one another, which I was able to discover plainly enough with my naked eye, but more perfectly and distinctly with my microscope. All these sutures, by breaking some of these stones, I found to be termini, or boundings of certain diaphragms, or partitions, which seemed to divide the cavity of the shell into a multitude of very proportionate and regular cells or caverns. These diaphragms, in many of them, I found very perfect and complete, of a very distinct substance from that which filled the cavities, and exactly the same kind with that which covered the outside, being for the most part whitish or mother-of-pearl colored. As for the cavities between those diaphragms, I found some of them filled with marl, and others with several kinds of stones, others for the most part hollow, only the whole cavity was usually covered over with a kind of tartareous petrified substance, which stuck about the sides, and was there shot into every curious regular figures, just as tartar or other dissolved salts are observed to stick and crystallize about the sides of the containing vessels, or like those little diamonds, which I before observed to have covered the vaulted cavity of a flint. Others had these cavities all lined with a kind of metalline or marcasite-like substance, which with a microscope I could as plainly see most curiously and regularly figured as I had done those in a flint. From all which and several other particulars which I observed, I cannot but think that all these and most other kinds of stony bodies which are found thus strangely figured do owe their formation and figuration not to any kind of plastic virtue inherent in the earth, but to the shells of certain shellfishes, which either by some deluge, inundation, earthquake, or some such other means, came to be thrown to that place, and there be filled with some kind of mud or clay, or petrified water, or some other substance, which in tracts of time has been settled together and hardened in those shelly moulds into those shaped substances we now find them that the great and thin end of these shells by that earthquake or whatever other extraordinary cause it was that brought them thither was broken off and that many others were otherwise broken bruised and disfigured that these shells which are thus spiraled and separated with diaphragms were some kind of nautili or porcelain shells and that others were shells of cockles mussels periwinkles scallops etc of various sorts that these shells in many, from the particular nature of the containing or enclosed earth, or some other cause, have in tract of time rotted and mouldered away, and only left their impressions both on the containing 
and contained substances and so left them pretty loose one within another so that they may be easily separated by a knock or two of a hammer that others of these shells according to the nature of the substances adjacent to them have by a long continuance in that posture been petrified and turned into the nature of stone just as i even now observe several sorts of wood to be that oftentimes the shell may be found with one kind of substance within and quite another without having perhaps been filled in one place and afterwards translated to another which i have very frequently observed in cockle mussel periwinkle and other shells which i have found by the seaside nay further that some parts of the same shell may be filled in one place and some other caverns in another and others in a third or fourth or fifth place for so many differing substances have i found in one of these petrified shells and perhaps all these differing from the encompassing earth or stone the means how all which varieties may be caused i think will not be difficult to conceive to any one that has taken notice of those shells which are commonly found on the seashore and he that shall thoroughly examine several kinds of such curiously formed stones will i am very apt to think find reason to suppose their generation or formation to be ascribable to some such accidents as i have mentioned and not to any plastic virtue for it seems to me quite contrary to the infinite prudence of nature which is observable in all its works and productions to design everything to a determinate end and for the attaining of that end makes use of such ways as are as far as the knowledge of man has yet been able to reach altogether consonant and most agreeable to man's reason and of no way or means that does contradict or is contrary to humane ratiocination whence it has a long time been a general observation and maxim that nature does nothing in vain it seems i say contrary to that great wisdom of nature that these prettily shaped bodies should have all those curious figures and contrivances which many of them are adorned and contrived with generated or wrought by a plastic virtue for no higher end than only to exhibit such a form which he that shall thoroughly consider all circumstances of such kind of figured bodies will i think have great reason to believe though i confess one cannot presently be able to find out what nature's designs are it were therefore very desirable that a good collection of such kind of figured stones were collected and as many particulars circumstances and informations collected with them as could be obtained that from such a history of observations well ranged examined and digested the true original or production of all those kinds of stones might be perfectly and surely known such are thunderstones lapides stellaries lapides judica and multitudes of other whereof mention is made in aldenandus wormius and other writers of minerals end of section twenty two